right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. Forgive me, uh, busy week, so I haven't been on every day this morning or every week, every day this week. Um, had some stuff going on, but um, with work, but here now, uh, obviously a big weekend to recap. Uh, lots of things happened. Lots of things have happened this week. I <clears throat> uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's living their life, enjoying it. Um, hope you're not getting too involved in the Texans quarterback debate uh, as that continues to go on. And as of today, we still have 49 days until the draft. So if you're on Twitter or you're on anything else, you still have 49 days to go through Bryce Young uh, debates, which is fantastic. So uh, with that being said, though, uh, as we get into our stream, as per usual, let's uh, let's unfuck ourselves before we get started. So today, Thursday, March 9th, you can't keep blaming others for how your life is. Boom. Mic drop. All right. Uh, it's true, though. It's true. How's everybody doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Vincent. Good morning, Oscar. I hope everybody's having a wonderful week. Uh, lots of lots of things going on in the NFL. Lots of things going on in the Texans world. Uh, I thought we'd start with Combine winners as it only makes sense for me to start with Combine winners given the guy that I was pulling for and, and think the Texans should take it to being ultimately the combine winner. Um, so combine winners this, this year, look, this, this, this draft class is, is uh, a unique draft class. There's, there's some actual like real athletes in this draft class. And while you can't put a ton of stock into, while you can't put a, a ton of stock into, you know, what they do on the combine, the film's always going to outweigh anything that they do at the combine. It's still relatively important because you're able to pull different things away from the combine that you can't pull from the film. Um, and yeah, I think Anthony Richardson, I mean, he had the best combine that any quarterback in the NFL has ever had. Uh, really not debatable. Um, he beat Cam Newton who held like the highest RAS score, uh, relative athletic score, I believe is what it stands for. Uh, Anthony Richardson had the, he, he tested off the boards in every category. Um, you know, and it's funny because <clears throat> when everybody saw that, um, you know, they're like vertical leap. Whoa, that, that's awesome. I see quarterbacks all the time, jump over people. He really needs that. It's such a, an embarrassing thing for people to say, but, but really it's just, the vertical leap is just to show you like the athletic ability of the quarterback. Is he going to use his vertical leaping skills? Probably not. Right. Maybe at times, but it's not going to be anything that he, he falls back on. It's not going to be a big part of his game. Um, you know, the vertical leap, the, the broad jump, uh, you know, those two things, not really a big, a, a big to do when it comes to really any NFL player, but it does show you where the athlete is and what they're capable of doing. And I think, you can pull some from that and just add it to, you know, other things that you've already seen from a, from a person on film is 40 time, a four, four, three fastest quarterback to, to run a four, four, three. Um, he, he just tested off the, off the charts throwing. He looked good, missed a couple balls. Um, I think it's expected with what we've seen on film. He's not a perfect passer. That's, that's really all there is to it. Um, and he has some things he has to work on from a mechanic standpoint. His footwork needs to get a little bit better. He needs to be more consistent with his footwork. Uh, but Anthony Richardson 
slaughtered the combine, walked away. Obviously, he was the talk of the town. Uh, multiple people have said that he killed his interview uh, with with NFL teams. Uh, Lance Erline came out this week and, and said, you know, that that you know that's not what he heard. But you know, I think it, it's interesting when we hear about these things, and it all goes back to what we talked about when you know I started the stream again was just the fact that you know agents have their agendas. Agents leak things to specific. So, uh, you know, media members to push an agenda. And, you know, I would say that Anthony Richardson's agent is extremely good at what he does. And uh, he has been feeding a ton of information out to the media to, to really build hype around Anthony Richardson, whether it's right or wrong. Um, you know, that's, that's debatable at this point. We don't know which quarterback is going to be the better quarterback in this draft class. We have a good understanding of what each one brings we understand that Anthony Richardson is behind some quarterbacks, but also he's ahead of some quarterbacks from an athletic perspective. Uh, Bryce Young is the processor. Uh, come in, calm, cool demeanor, uh, leader of men. He he really, you know, he is everything that, that people say he is. Uh, and, you know, his size is a knock. His arm is a knock. But outside of that, Bryce Young is, you know, if the Texans take Bryce Young, the Texans are going to be in good hands. It's just the way it works. Uh, Bryce Young is going to be a good NFL quarterback if he can stay healthy. Nothing tells us that he can't. There's no data to say 5'10", 190 can't. We'll have to just wait and see. Um, I think everybody understands where, I, where I'm at with, with Bryce Young. It's just too much of a risk. But outside of that, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, if, if Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans identify him as the quarterback that they want to take at, at two, then <clears throat> who are we to argue with with people who do that for a living? Um, but yeah, Anthony Richardson had an amazing combine. Nolan Smith had a, an amazing combine. Uh, Bijan Robinson obviously had an amazing combine. Kalia Cansey from Pittsburgh had an amazing combine. There were a lot of guys that looked really good this last weekend. And it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, there's film and then there's the combine. You take the film. You're always going to trust the film on, on when it comes to the evaluations over anything that you see at the combine. But you're able to add certain things to your film when you walk away from the combine with some of the things that we saw this weekend. And I think ultimately, that's what NFL teams are looking at, right? Did it move anybody up draft boards? <clears throat> I, I don't know. Um, you know, it all depends on how people in, in GMs in the NFL take the combine, right? Like, if you're looking for a quarterback like Anthony Richardson – before you really didn't have measurables to be able to say, Hey, this guy from an athletic perspective is this and has the ability to do this, you know, and when you're, you know, projecting where he could be in the NFL and what, what quarterback you've seen that reminds you of him, you know, maybe a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think that the combine, I don't think any quarterback went from four to one. I don't think any quarterback went from three to one. I think maybe you could have had a quarterback that went from two to one, right? Like I think CJ Stroud, made a case from a throwing perspective to be the number one quarterback taken in the draft. He threw extremely well. His touch, the way he's able to layer the ball, he has nice arm strength. It's not like off the charts. It's not Anthony Richardson, but it's better than Bryce Young. Um, and, you know, so I, I would say that, you know, there's a good chance for some from some of the NFL boards uh, across the league. Maybe C.J. Stroud jumped Bryce Young. Um, depending on what the offense is looking for, what you're needing from a quarterback. But C.J. Stroud definitely made a case this this last weekend that he could be the number one pick. I think there's a lot of hype 
around Anthony Richardson and being the number one pick. I, I can't see Anthony Richardson going number one overall. There's just too many concerns, right? It's very similar to, to Bryce Young in the sense of like, they're just different concerns. 54% accuracy, you know, com- or completion percentage in college, never going to be something that NFL GMs are like, oh, 54%, that's great. Like we can work with that. I think it's more or less projecting where that 54% can go and what you can do. Um, and I think CJ Stroud really looked good, but like when you, when you're talking about like the risk, Anthony Richardson's a risk, Bryce Young is a risk. You're going to have to decide which risk is less risky or which risk can pay off more. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to when these GMs are looking at the quarterback position. Are you looking for a high upside guy who maybe could be on the level of, you know, I don't want to say Mahomes because that's another level, but the Allens, the Herberts, the Jacksons, the Burroughs, things of that nature. Or are you looking for, you know, a safe prospect that can come in day one and really take your team and lead it? Like, don't be mistaken by anything I've said about Bryce Young. Day one, Bryce Young can start. Day one, your team is better. Bryce Young is going to come in and, and he's going to be able to, to help take your team, especially this Texans team where they're at, to where they need to go. Will he be able to do it long term? See, that's that's ultimately where it comes down to. We don't know. We could say he's going to get hurt. We could say he's not going to get hurt. There's an argument for both sides. We don't know. Um, or are you looking for a guy who can, has an, you know a high upside, but also a low floor? And that's where Bryce Young does. Bryce Young doesn't have a low four floor from a quarterback position. Bryce Young has, you know, an average to an above average floor from the quarterback position, and you know, sometimes that's what GMs are looking for, especially in this offense, right? When you look at this offense and what we've seen from San Francisco in the past, you know, you're throwing in space. It's a rhythm offense, timing, all that is taken into consideration. You know, four or five out, you know, um, yard outs. You're looking at, you know, crossers. You're really looking to put the ball in the playmaker's hands and and create yak. You're not looking to throw downfield consistently. Um, You know, there's going to be some out throws. That'll be like, and I've said that before, like my biggest concern with Bryce is the outs and like the the crossing tight windows. But until we see that he can't do it, there's no reason to think that he can. Or I mean, if there's no, if we haven't seen him do it, then we can't doubt that he can't. But we can question it. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. I am team Anthony Richardson. I think this team has been very safe since its existence. Uh, they've, they've never been a big risk taker in anything they've done. Um, it doesn't matter. If you just look back at the history of this team, safe is where they go. <clears throat> and I think they're in a position to not have to play safe. And ultimately that's what it comes down to with Anthony Richardson for me is I don't want to play it safe. I'm tired of playing it safe. Swing for the fences. If you miss, you miss. You move on to the next one. All right, so combine winners, good combine, fun to watch. It's nice to be able to watch these guys run too uh, and, and some of the drills. The tight ends looked really good. Um, Darnell Washington had an amazing combine. And I, I think, you know, it's just fun to be able to watch these athletes be athletes in their natural environment. Um, you don't really get an opportunity to see that in any other uh, sport that we we pay attention to, you know, you don't see it really in the NBA, you don't see it in, in baseball. So to see these athletes who are the best athletes in the world uh, go out there and perform, it's an amazing thing to see. So 
All right, that's the combine. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo news. There's a heavy push within the Houston Texans, within RNRG to uh, sign Jimmy Garoppolo to a one-year deal. I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I, I mean, it, it all depends. I think when these types of things break, we don't know the plan. And I think so a lot of times people are like, well, that just means that, you know, we're wasting a pick at two. Or that means we're not taking a quarterback at two. Or there, there's so many different angles that it can go. Really, we don't know what the plan is if Jimmy G is signed. Do I think that there's a chance they sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, he's been tied to the Texans since Nick Casario has been here. It's been foreshadowed for two and a half years. There's no reason to think that he's not a target in free agency for Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's. Not, I mean, he was he was already foreshadowed to be here, like to be here, and then you add the fact that D'Amico Ryan's comes from San Francisco. I mean, it's like two plus two does equal four. Is it a bad thing? I don't know. I mean, Jimmy G. If you're looking at a top, I don't know, what, 18? Top 18 quarterback, Jimmy G would be that. Uh, is he better than Davis Mills? I think he's more consistent. No, I actually can't even say that. If, if it was me, I'd rather run Davis Mills out there than sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I don't really know what problem you're solving with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come here and want to be a mentor. Um he wasn't that in San Francisco. So ultimately, like, what is the purpose of bringing Jimmy Garoppolo here? Is it is it competition? If that's the case, then why are you spending, you know, you're going to have to spend 20, I would say 20, 20 million, 20, 23 million for a one-year deal. 100% guaranteed for Jimmy Garoppolo. What are, you, what are you looking to accomplish with that signing? He's always hurt. So you're wasting at least seven to eight million, right? He's going to miss games. So it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but it kind of is what it is at this point. I was talking to somebody last night on Twitter and, you know, he's super pissed and, and irritated with some of the things that he's hearing about the Texans. Ultimately, like I look at the last two years as a cleanup year. That's all they've done. Nick Casario came in and inherited the worst. I would say the worst situation in NFL history. <clears throat> had to clean up the cap, had no draft capital really had to get things, get a fresh start to be able to get to where they're at now. Now that's the case. They just hired the top head coaching candidate in the offseason. I'm not going to freak out over Jimmy G. There's just really no reason to. Uh, we'll see. If, if it's to compete with Mills and, and the rookie, I guess. If your rookie can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo, though, <clears throat> like, think about that. If, if your rookie that you draft at two, if they draft a quarterback at two, if he can't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo in training camp, did you draft the right, right guy? Probably not, right? I mean, if you can't beat out Jimmy G, I, I, I find it hard to believe that you're going to have a pretty high ceiling. Um, now, if it's to rest, watch, like to just sit there and bring the guy in and let him watch for a year, pull the Pat Mahomes. Okay, cool. But, like, Bryce Young doesn't need that. C.J. Stroud really doesn't need that either. He could be a better processor, don't get me wrong. And that's where he's going to need to, you know, be better. But I don't really see a reason to bring Jimmy Garoppolo here to be a mentor. He's not a mentor type. 
What can he mentor? How to find porn stars and date them? Like, Jimmy has never shown the willingness to be a mentor. And if you, like, looked at the way he acted in the like uh, in the playoffs on the sideline with the Niners, like, I don't know. To me, that doesn't seem like – it just doesn't seem like a smart move. But I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I wouldn't sign Jimmy Garoppolo. At that point, you know, if you're going to take a quarterback at two, you have EJ Perry, who you just signed yesterday. Um, you were Nick Casario had him like work out like three times last year. Um, you have Davis Mills on who they said he, they said his name. Bobby Slowick said his name, Candyman. Um, and you know, if you draft a quarterback, bring it in, make it a competition. Best quarterback starts week one, go from there. No reason to spend $20 million or, or, you know, even 15 million, whatever it may be on Jimmy Garoppolo. It really doesn't make any sense. So while I see the reporting, I don't know if it really honestly makes a ton of sense. I'd rather a Teddy Bridgewater be a mentor. Um, I, I, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. So thank you for walking, like talking me through, letting me talk through that. Because now at this point, it's like, it really doesn't make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo to be here. Um, all right. And then now we have Lamar Jackson, who was had the exclusive franchise tag placed on him uh, Tuesday. And for those that don't know, the exclusive franchise tag is different than the franchise tag. So the exclusive franchise tag allows Lamar Jackson to go out to 31 other NFL teams, uh, have an offer presented to him. And if the offer is accepted by Lamar Jackson, he then goes back to Baltimore and says, here's the offer that the Jets are offering me. I'm willing to accept this. Can you match? No. Lamar Jackson goes to the Jets, two first round picks go to Baltimore and, you know, Lamar Jackson's a jet. So that's the way the exclusive franchise tag works. Um, at first I was like, man, if we could, we should. Like, I don't think any of these quarterbacks in, in the draft this year are going to be better than Lamar Jackson, whether it's four or five years, you know, Lamar Jackson's only 26. Yeah. He's missed some games. I don't like the offense that he was in, in Baltimore. I think there were things that could be done to make the game better for him and easier for him within the offense. They didn't have a ton of talent outside of Mark Andrews at tight end. They keep missing on wide receivers. I I think that if you put Lamar Jackson in a better offense, I think you can get much more out of him and you don't have to rely only on his running. And it seems like that's all Baltimore did. So I don't know. Like I'm back and forth. Like, do you give up two first and like a $200 million guaranteed contract over four years? So sign him to a, a Deshaun deal, except for $30 million isn't guaranteed. Is that like, I don't know. There's different ways to go about building this roster. Do you go with all young players that you draft? You know, do you, do you go after Lamar Jackson after the draft so that way you can have two and 12 and the rest of your draft capital this year and then give up your first next year and your first in 2025? You would still have a first-round pick in 2024. Um, you know, so – maybe you go that route and your whole roster is built off of rookie deals. And so you're playing it backwards. So typically it's the rookie quarterback contract and you're playing on that, but maybe you're able to reverse that. You're paying the quarterback, but the rest of your roster are rookies and not going to be paid for the next four to five years. Um, It's unique. It's definitely a different approach. Not something I've ever seen, but I, I can't see why it wouldn't work. I find it interesting that the Ravens were willing to do this, but it makes sense. Let's see what your worth is out outside. 
outside the Baltimore building, let's see what teams are willing to give you from an offer perspective. Bring it back. If we're willing to meet it, we will. If not, if it's too high, then we're going to let you go. We would prefer for you to be here. We've negotiated with you for the last year and a half to try to sign you to a long-term deal. We weren't able to come to an agreement on that. Now we're in this position. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. All right, let's go through some of these comments, and then we'll get into Bobby Slowick. All right. Bryce Young reminds me of Kyler Murray. He also 5'10". Yeah, the only difference I – like, Oscar, I agree to an extent from a stature perspective. But he doesn't have the arm of Kyler Murray. Like, Kyler Murray actually has a pretty strong arm. Uh, Bryce Young is a good attitude. That's fair. I think that's fair. Baker had a, had a much better arm, though, too. So why sign Jimmy if the plan is to draft Bryce or CJ? Wouldn't those guys play right away? Yeah, that's what I was saying, Fluffy. It, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. I think Stroud is the safest pick. Bryce Young has too much of a weak arm to be good. Yeah, like my thing with Bryce is it's more about the arm than it is about the the size. Like in in an offense where let's say something breaks down, like what does he fall back on? Like, he, yeah, he was evasive in college, but he had an amazing offensive line at Alabama. Like what, like, can he be that evasive in, in the NFL? I don't know if he can. Those guys are faster, stronger. Like there's schemes that are more difficult to read and understand on, on the offensive side from a defensive perspective. So like, is it going to take time for him to learn how to process the NFL? Of course it is. Right. It's, it's just a different game. Um, but I agree. <clears throat> He's undersized, good at a lot of things, but not great elite at anything. Has much more limited ceiling than other quarterbacks. Um, <clears throat> I would say he's really good at processing. It's probably one of his biggest strengths. I would, I don't know if I'd say he's an elite processor, but I would say he's a great processor. Um, and he's pretty good when things you know broke down in, in Alabama. My only concern is like, what does that look like in the NFL? Can that translate? Is he going to be good when the offensive breaks down uh, in the NFL and you're, you know, you're facing much faster guys, you know, and then the frame comes in. It's like, you know, do you want him taking unnecessary hits? There's a lot that goes into drafting Bryce Young. It's not just as simple as like best processor, best college prospect, did great in college, won at Alabama, played in an NFL offensive scheme. Like all that is great. But like what is going to translate to the next level? And I don't, and nobody knows the answer. It's that way with a lot of, quarterbacks the difference is he's just small uh what could we get for a trade down to the seven nine range i did a sim trading with carolina picking up pick 39 at first fourth next year well if i don't think you're going to get two ones not that you did but like ryan pulls the general manager of the chicago bears said that that's what he's looking for for one he's looking for two ones and other draft capital I don't think a team's willing to give up that much to move up uh, to one. If they're not willing to give up that much to move up to one, I don't think they're willing to move up to two with that price. I think you can get a one and a, and a, and a two this year or a two this year and a one next year, maybe a third. That'd probably be about it. I, I don't think you can get much more. And you have to wonder like if their quarterback, let's say Chicago, somebody does trade up with Chicago and takes Bryce Young if that was Nick's quarterback. In most most situations, good GMs don't reach on the next quarterback, right? 
It's just not in the cards. They don't get the quarterback. They draft another player. They move on. What you don't want is Nick Casario to sit back, see that his quarterback was taken, and then say, well, we're just going to take another quarterback. Unless on the board it's like 1A, 1B, right? Other than that, if that board drops and the next best quarterback you have ranked is at 12, not saying that there is a quarterback that's going to fall to 12, but I'm saying you don't take that quarterback at two. You take that, you know, you take Will Anderson or, you know, Jalen Carter, whatever. He was great and elite at playing the quarterback in the best college completion there is an sec competition okay he is not the cancer baker is people react to the latest news i forgot the two years of tape but you may be right yeah fair fair i'm coming around more and more because just because i think it's going to happen so there's really nothing we can do um i take my chances with ej perry over jimmy g yeah you know it's funny because when it comes to the to the ras score and nick asirio's referenced this quite a bit in the past uh he talked about it when he was uh, hired it wasn't his intro press conference but it was like something on Seth and Sean in 610 and then he mentioned it again this offseason with Jeff Driscoll and then he just signed EJ Perry who had a relatively high RAS score too it's very intriguing to wonder like the way that to under, try to understand what Nick looks like and what what he values with a quarterback you know <clears throat> we don't really know well, all we know is what he's done in New England uh, and drafting Davis Mills here. So it, it's a guess at this point. Okay. John says, I really don't think Bryce's ceiling is as limited as we think. His ceiling to me is Drew Brees. And Brees at his highest was an ultra-efficient field general. Yeah. You know, th- I think that's fair. I think Brees had a better arm. I, I, not much better. Very similar arm, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's just really hard for me to, like, say Bryce Young is – his ceiling is a Hall of Fame quarterback. <clears throat> I just have a hard time doing that. And I could be wrong. And I'm willing to like, when I say I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It is what it is. Lamar plays a specific type of offense. Can't win playoff games with that. Bobby Sloak definitely don't run that type of offense. He may not. But Bobby Sloak also said that you build the offense around your quarterback strengths. So kind of contradicts what you just said. Jimmy G, QB1, draft one in the middle round, look to 2024, which is better. Nick talked about a two-year window. He did talk about a two-year window, but I wonder if he was – and I think that's how he looks at it, but I think he was looking at the past two years, like explaining how that looked and why we're where we're at now. And I would assume that this next two-year window, you know, obviously he's looking at it from that same perspective. But if that's the case, that doesn't mean that he's not willing to take the quarterback this year. I'm okay with taking Hendon Hooker in the second round or third round, wherever Hendon Hooker possibly may go. Um, Or the UCLA quarterback who had a pretty uh, nice uh, combine as well. Uh, He has three names. I forgot it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not – I would prefer to try to take a – like, next year it's not even just about the quarterback for me. Like, if if you feel comfortable taking a quarterback this year, fantastic. I want Marvin Harrison, Jr., at the end of the day, I don't really care about anything else. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. at Texan. I think that would just be fantastic. Um, but we'll see. Bobby is looking for a distributor type of quarterback, not a playmaker. Bobby told you that? Because Bobby said he's looking for a guy that he wants to build his offense around the quarterback and its strength. So, I mean, that's what we would assume, right, based on what we've seen from Bobby, is that's what he's looking for. But at the end of the day, like, we really don't know. 
maybe Bobby Denver had the opportunity to use a quarterback like that. And so that's what he's thinking he needs. Uh, and maybe Nick's guiding him in a different way. There's just so many different scenarios that we can go through right now. Um, I don't think it's as easy as saying this is what he wants. Um, I think we can only take a you know percentage of what we saw in San Francisco. Look, we're not going to have Brandon Ayuk. We're not going to have Debo Samuel. We're not going to have Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, you know, that offense is it's going to be different until we get the playmakers. Uh, so I can't see them coming out and saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the San Francisco offense and we're going to implement it now because you're missing too many different, you're missing too many pieces to be able to say, this is going to be an efficient offense. <clears throat> uh, Bobby Slowick, I think he probably could probably be on par with Joe Burrow, but maybe not as explosive as Allen or Mahomes. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I, I, I think Burrow, <clears throat> Burrow started using his legs this year and a lot more. I don't know if I want Bryce using his legs as much. I think from a quarterback perspective, like a processor of the game, maybe Burrow. Maybe. I disagree. I don't see the difference between Burrow's arm and his. His arm is not weak. No, his arm is – I wouldn't say weak. His arm is average. Um, Tom Brady has a better arm. But but his, his arm is average. It is what it is. If Bryce gains some lower body strength, his throwing – no, it can't. His, his, his velocity is his velocity. It's not going to improve. If you look at his – like, he didn't even add weight to his lower body, drink a bunch of water to weigh in at 204. Like, Bryce Young is Bryce Young. You guys just have to understand that. And, and Bryce is going to be Bryce. No quarterback has ever came in and changed and increased their velocity. His throwing motion is his throwing motion. You're not going to go back and fix that, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. But what I'm saying is, is his velocity is his velocity. It's the way it's always been. <clears throat> then you want, I don't want Levis at two. No. His arm strength will get better with age. Remember Tom's strength, arm strength. It won't get better. Right, but Tom Brady is six foot whatever. And weight, like he had weight to put behind it. You guys got to look at everything. One of the things that when when I talked to Jordan Palmer when he came on and talked to us about Deshaun Watson was, and if you guys want to go back and listen to that episode, it's it's a but there it's it, it's extremely extremely difficult to add arm strength, and what you do in that time to add the strength is you're gonna like there's things you're gonna have to change about your game. Right. And there's things you're going to take away and like you have to sacrifice certain aspects of your game to be able to like and from what I understand, like it's Jordan Palmer said it's extremely difficult and a lot of most quarterbacks can't do it. Um, He said he's never seen a quarterback do it. And I trust a guy who's been competing in the Elite 11 and coaching young quarterbacks for a long time. Um, Draft CJ at two and let's get this thing going. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Jimmy G and Richardson, but we trade back from two. <clears throat> I mean, that's interesting. I think you're going to have to trade up, though. I mean, it depends on how far you go back. Like, it de- and it also depends on what happens at one, right? That kind of dictates what, what you do, too. <clears throat> if somebody trades up to one and grabs Bryce Young, I think you could potentially move with... <clears throat> if Bryce Young is taken and it's not by the Colts at one... I think the Colts are going to be extremely desperate at four. And do you make a deal with your division rival to give them their franchise quarterback? What are they willing to give up? I don't know. Um, 
I think I I think Anthony Richardson could be a target for for the Colts. <clears throat> I don't know, man. It, it's kind of like one of those situations where it's like if you want your franchise quarterback, do you really want to add additional draft capital and risk him not being there? And so you just take him at two, or do you trust everybody your board compared to everybody else's board and see what happens? Um, I think ultimately that's where it comes back to for me. I would do it. I'd probably trade with like the Raiders, the Falcons, and just take a chance. You know, try to add an additional one next year, which gives you three ones in 2024. Um, <clears throat> Atlanta's probably not going to be very good. Like the Raiders would probably be my top target. I don't think the Raiders are ever going to be good. I mean, eventually, right, they could be. But I think over the next three to five years, I don't trust that the Raiders are going to be good enough. I think they're going to fire Josh McDaniels. I think they'll bring in a new GM. They're going to go through the whole process again. <clears throat> so I would I, I would trade with the Raiders because I think their pick could be a top five pick next year. Atlanta, they were surprising this year. And then towards the end, they fell off a cliff. Give them a quarterback. Who knows what that looks like? Arthur Smith is a good good coach. We'll see what that happens. I don't, I don't, I would rather trade with the Raiders than I would the Falcons because I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good. So that gives you potentially a top five, top 10 pick in 2024. Let's hope Cleveland flames out next year, which I think they will. I don't think there's any reason to think they won't. They are the Browns at the end of the day. Deshaun looked like shit this year. Hopefully that continues. And uh, <clears throat> maybe you have two top 10 picks. I mean, you you hope the Texans win seven to eight games, and they're out. You know, they're at twelve or thirteen. Uh, but really, this year we're just looking for progression. So, you know, are you competitive in each game? Is there a plan? Does the offense look good? You know, things of that nature. I don't think there's really a win number that people should probably associate with the Texans in twenty twenty three. But the Raiders would be a team I'd target for a trade back. Um, I mean, they might. They I, they and they probably will. They probably will. I've been saying forever that they're going to draft Bryce Young. Bryce Young just has to be there. <clears throat> Lancer line mock 2.0 as Texans taking a middle linebacker in 12. Too high for a middle linebacker, don't you think? Depends. I mean, I think 12 is high. I'd rather go defensive line at that point. Like if you're gonna, if you're trying to stop the run and do other things, I'd probably go Cansey at 12, which some people say is a reach, but most people think he's a second round pick. He's going to go in the first round. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd take a middle linebacker at 12. I'd probably trade back at 12. Like if at two, I'm taking a quarterback, I'd probably trade back from 12 to like 20 or 21 if you really want a middle linebacker. Um, but I wouldn't take him at 12. That's just me. I value the position and, and, and it's a need, but I can't see us taking a linebacker at 12. I'd honestly, at that point, like if you're talking about taking a linebacker at 12, I'd rather take B. John Robinson. And I'm not a first round running back guy. <clears throat> I actually think that you shouldn't ever take a running back in the first round. But, I mean, when you think about the dynamic ability of Bijan and Damian Pierce together in a Bobby Slowick Niners offense, I think it'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if we could pick up another first for 2024 in a hypothetical, who beats our trade-up offer for Williams in May? I hate talking about a draft a year around, but I, I think they go one and two now. <clears throat> So there's a lot that goes into this brand, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, everybody says like, oh, if you if you don't draft a quarterback this year, dude, you're not going to be able to grab one. You're going to be in quarterback purgatory, dude. I don't really understand the logic of that because like the Colts never decided to trade up and grab their 
quarterback. They decided to go with the vet every year. Washington Commanders never traded up when they had the capital and they had the ability to move up and grab their guy. They never did it. <clears throat> also depends on who's at one or two, right? Like we've seen in years past, like what if something happens with <clears throat> the Chiefs? And I know, I know, I know. Not, even if Mahomes gets hurt, they're going to win six or seven games. But you just never know in the NFL. You never know who's going to be at one. You never know who's going to be at two. What if Deshaun flames out and the Browns flame out and they end up being the worst team in the league? They're already having to like gut their roster to an extent, extent this this offseason. Like, they're talking about trading Nick Chubb. Their center's going to be gone. Deshaun Watson was shit last year. Um, <clears throat> like, if that whole thing implodes internally or Deshaun Watson gets hurt week one, what if the Browns have the first pick overall? Like, there's just so many scenarios. So it all depends. Like, whoever picks at one could have a franchise quarterback that just got hurt in the offseason. Whoever picks at two could just be a total meltdown by the Browns. Like, there's so many different aspects to this. And obviously, it's extremely hard to project a year out where a team will be. I think if a team's at one and needs a quarterback, you're not tr- you, you don't have enough ammunition to be able to say, "Hey, we'll take Caleb Williams." They're going to want Caleb Williams. Like you, even if you give up three ones, it's that year. If let's say you have three ones and you give it up, and then you give up an additional first, like why would they take that? Caleb Williams doesn't come around very often. You know, the Trevor Lawrence's, the Andrew Lux, like those guys don't come around. So you're you're going to have to take them. I think the Texans would have to be at one to be able to draft Caleb Williams. May, on the other hand, I don't know. We have another year of college to go. There's some other good uh, quarterbacks in, in, in college football this year. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I think two is possible for May. But I don't think one for Williams is possible. I, I just can't see it. But, I mean, maybe. Like I said, maybe the Texans pick there. Who knows? Maybe you trade with the Raiders and the Raiders flame out. That's probably a bet I would take right now, no matter who they grab at quarterback. That offense sucks. It's archaic. Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. He's not a leader of men. He's a snob. Most people don't, most players don't respect him. I, I don't, I mean, it's possible. Who knows? Uh, realistically, honestly, Alex, I'll get to that tonight. I mean, Aaron Wilson's coming on the night at 9 p.m. We're going to talk NFL free agency. So I'll definitely get to that stuff tonight. Um, so you guys tune in 9, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, taking the fam to go see Scream, and then I'll be back to stream at 9. Um, but, yeah. All right, guys. Well, one – oh, Bobby Slowick uh, and Matt Burke press conference. I, I didn't get a chance to finish Matt Burke's press conference. Bobby Slowick, the way this guy speaks, he's a future head coach. He just gets it. I love the way he describes the offense. I love how we talked about Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan. I think there were a lot of good nuggets in there. I think I think he's going to be a, a very special play caller. And I was one of those guys that wanted an offensive-minded head coach because I wanted to be able to do more on offense and, and be able to evolve the offense and just be, you know, one of those top-tier offensive teams. While Bobby Slowick probably won't be here for more than two to three years, I think Bobby Sloak is the answer on offense, and it's going to be really interesting what he can do on offense. Um, he's just a bright mind. When you hear him talk, it's just different than what you hear from other coordinators. Um, he's a football nerd. 
and, and nerd to the fullest degree. And um, he's been around the game for a long time. I'm excited about Bobby Slowick. Matt Burke, I don't know yet. Like, I, I, I just don't know. I think if D'Amico takes him under his, like, uh, like puts his arm around him and says, look, this is how we're going to do things. I need you to learn from me. We're going to lead the defense. This is what we're looking for from a schematic perspective. Here's how we're leading our men. Like, this is what we want to do when we're calling plays. I think it could work. I don't think you could say Matt Burke, go ahead and go and just call the defense. I, I don't think that'll work, but I don't think that's the plan. I think, you know, and D'Amico mentioned it at the combine that, you know, he doesn't know who's going to call plays. So, um, all right. Workday is getting started. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys like and comment and subscribe and turn notifications on and all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys banging it out with me this morning. Um, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you tonight at nine. Also next week, Lance Zerline. Week after that, Dane Brugler. Um, I have a couple other things that I'm working on as well. So um, as we prepare for the draft, it'll be extremely interesting. You'll have a bunch of guests on here to be able to talk and, and give you guys some information on, on kind of what things are at. But uh, with that being said, I'm Tex- I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. I'm going to catch you guys tonight at 9.